Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Under the Perk. I'm your host Brian Hickman. I'm sitting here with my good friend uh, Chase Ramsey and we're going to be discussing music, uh, specifically Muscadine Bloodline, uh, Muscadine Bloodlines from Mobile, Alabama, Charlie Muncaster and Gary Stanton. Uh, their first show on their new tour is at our very own Phoenix City Amphitheater on Friday, June 3rd at 8 o'clock. Um, so we'll be talking about them. Uh, tickets are still available for the show if you want to go to muscadinebloodline.com and uh, click on the ticket link. You can find uh, tickets to the show. So we're going to jump into this. So Chase, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm from Alabama. I've been in Alabama my whole life, so big country music fan. But I listen to all kinds of music. But uh, me and Brian kind of like some of the same artists so we kind of talk about music a lot so yeah for, I guess for sure i guess that's how i ended up being the music guy for this episode yeah so as everybody knows you know i have friends that all have a really specific interest like jeremy has video games scott likes marketing and everything to do about marketing nick could talk about baseball till you get tired of hearing about it yeah chase is really knowledgeable about a lot of things he really could have been on the baseball podcast. He could easily be on the movie podcast with me and Sheldon. But we talked about it, and music is where we landed. So uh, here we are. I have a lot of hobbies and interests. Yeah. So talking about Muscadine Bloodline, once again, they're from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, two guys, Charlie Muncaster and Gary Stanton. Uh, probably their most popular song on all these uh, streaming services is Port Swing Angel. And uh, they've appeared on the Opry. I did not know that, <clears throat> but I was doing some research today, and they have appeared on the Opry in 2018 and uh, got a standing ovation. So uh, their new album, Dispatch to 16th Avenue, is out now, so you can listen to that. My friend Tabitha Barrett has showed up. So Jeremy was supposed to come over here, but he, so once again, Muscadine Bloodline, uh, two guys from Mobile, Alabama, um, independent artist, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so what is your uh, connection with those guys? So to start off, I, I knew of Charlie when I was in Auburn, because he used to play at Sky Bar and like just the whole Auburn scene a lot while I lived there. And I never, like, specifically went to see him play anywhere, but he was just playing some places that I was at a few times. And so fast forward um, years later, I'll, I'll say like four or five years later, and um, me and Emily go to see Luke Combs at Iron City in Birmingham. And this was back when Luke Combs was, you know, still playing Iron City in Birmingham. And... Muscadine Bloodline was opening up for him. I kind of listened to a little of their music because I didn't really know much about them at the time. We get there, and I'm like, I think I know that guy from Auburn. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out, you know, Charlie is like the lead singer from the band. So, you know, I started listening to more of their music. I just really liked, like, their sound they had at the time. And they're kind of like an eclectic. None of their music sounded exactly the same, and so I kind of liked that. Well, we ended up going to see him um, a few times after that. We, Me and Emily both became pretty big fans of theirs. So I joined their um, 
Facebook like fan group. It's called the Vines, mm-hmm. and so I get in that to see like when they're playing, and they they would release like, hey, we're gonna have some pre-sale tickets and all that. When I left and um, my well two jobs ago, I had a big fantasy baseball group at my old job and when I went to the job I worked at before I came moved to Phoenix City and started working in Vectorply it was just a bunch of old ladies so I didn't really have anybody to play fantasy baseball with and so I just posted in that group one day and I was like hey does anybody play fantasy baseball like I'm looking to get a league together well, we ended up getting a league um, Charlie Muncaster the lead singer of the band joined the league their sound uh, guy join the league their merch guy joined the league and then it was just like a bunch of fans of theirs and we all started a fantasy baseball league together so we're going on our second season now i kind of just know a few of their like crew through that and you know a lot of their fans some of those that have been to way more shows than me and been fans of theirs for a lot longer than me yeah but they don't play fantasy baseball with them yeah so that's uh but yeah, I mean, that's, especially if you got money in the league. Uh, we don't have money in the league. But okay. We did have the uh, guy who won it last year. I think he won like some merch or something. Does the loser had to sit in a waffle house and eat twelve <laughs> waffles or something? So we tried to implement a rule where the loser had to like go on stage and like sing a song with him or something. But I don't, I don't know if that ever went through. I wasn't in last place, so I don't know. Um. <laughs> so what is uh? How many Muscadine concerts have you been to? Oh, man. Now, probably... I've probably seen them close to ten times now. Did you see their Opry performance? No. uh, I've never been to the Opry, believe it or not. So some of their songs, Port Swing Angel, would you... I mean, you'd agree that's their biggest hit, right? Oh, yeah, that's their biggest hit by far. Well, I think there's actually a few different versions of it. There's like a single of it, which is the one that, I guess, the first thing they ever put out. Okay. And then there's like a acoustic version, and I think there's like a anniversary, fifth anniversary version they put out last year or a year before. So it's funny how like two guys who are like in different bands, right? Weren't they in? They were in different bands. Yeah, I think they each had their own band yeah. before they started. Like making music together. Yeah, then it's funny how you can just say, "Hey, if I'm with this guy, if I can, if I can get with this guy, we can take off and we can do bigger things." You know, I mean, that's impressive to to realize. Hey, this isn't working. I know I've been working on this band, but it's not working for me. I got to do something different and then get with somebody else, and it just takes off. You know. Yeah, and so they've been on a few podcasts and actually talked about like how they met and how they decided to become a duo and all that. They actually used to have their own podcast. Uh, I think it's called the Grapevine Podcast. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want a more like in-depth, I guess, explanation of how all that happened, you can probably search them out and find out more. But, yeah, it's crazy. Like Honestly, I believe they could probably have done fine by themselves like yeah. as individuals, but... I think that's like the biggest thing they have going for them is that they both sound good Mm -hmm. and they sound different from each other. Like you can tell which one is singing when, and they sound good together. So it's kind of a unique sound that they have. And there's not that many 
popular like music group from Alabama. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's starting to be a few around here, like um, Riley Green, um, oh, Jason Isbell's from Alabama, yeah. uh, Jamie Johnson, of course. Like, there's not as many as like Georgia, for instance. I mean, you know, yeah, there for a while it seemed like every big country singer was from Georgia. That's right. Yeah, you got Luke Bryan and Al Dean and uh, all those guys. Yeah, half Old of Florida Sunday. Georgia line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, half of Florida Georgia line. So, would you prefer live music or just music on the radio or what? What What's your favorite type of music to listen to? If I'm just listening to it, I mean, I guess I don't really like listening to live records. Uh, because like the quality's not as good, and you know it's it's not been produced and edited and stuff. But as far as going to a concert and having like an experience, like you know that's that's a whole different ball game. Like you can't get that experience by listening to it on the radio. So for sure, I go see a lot of bands and arts live. Um, so what's the last concert you went to? Uh, I'd say the last person I saw live was. I think it was Cody Johnson at uh in Orange Beach, like back in the spring. Okay, and you're going to see Cole Wetzel this weekend? Yeah, we're going uh we're going to see Muscadine Friday night and then we're going Saturday night to Orange Beach to see Cole Wetzel. What's the last album you purchased? Purchased? Yeah. Like actual <laughs> record or C D or something uh, that you didn't buy digitally. I don't have to think about that because I don't really buy albums anymore now that I have you know Spotify and stuff but I bought some vinyls just because I think it's cool to have vinyl records uh, my wife got me a vinyl record player for Christmas a couple years ago so if there's an album I really like I'll buy it on vinyl I think I bought the last uh, Morgan Wallen album on vinyl that's probably the last one I bought that's the last one I bought was the Morgan Wallen double album yeah and I really only bought it because there was so much going on around him at the time. Yeah. You know? So, you know, Morgan gets in a lot of trouble about something that wasn't really, I don't want to say it wasn't a big deal, but it was really taken out of context. Yeah. What he said was taken out of context. Um, he shouldn't have said it, no doubt. Um, but at the same time, I think the world, the way the world is today, people are just waiting. Especially when you're really popular, they're waiting to pounce on you and knock you down to their level because uh, misery loves company, you know. Yeah. I think that just made him more popular. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that what you do, like, outside of your music doesn't make your music good or bad. Like, Eric Church, for instance, does and says some stuff that I do not agree with at all. Jason Isbell, I don't agree with him on anything he posts on Twitter because yeah. I, I just don't agree with them, but that doesn't mean that I can't listen to their music and like their music for what it is. I mean, if I only listen to people who I agree with, like, you know, right, my options to listen to would be very limited. But uh, Brent Cobb, I bought Brent Cobb, and then I brought the Morgan Wallen one. Yeah, I have the Brent Cobb one too. I have like the autograph, probably the same one you have, the autographed. Yeah. Version. So, what would you say is your favorite genre of music? Uh, 
country is probably my favorite. Um, when I say country, I don't really mean like I don't like Walker Hayes and like stuff like that. The country music that you hear on the radio, not really my thing. Uh, I don't really like anything that gets played on the radio. And if I do like it and they start playing it on the radio, it just kind of gets old. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today and I was trying to figure out what to talk about. I thought about like how good a lot of artists are before they get a record deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, once the artist once the artist gets a record deal, it's pretty much they're they've lost all creative control. Um, they can't put out the things that they really want to put out. Right. Uh, they make them change their lyrics to to fit, you know, I guess radio. And like you're right. I mean, Walker Hayes is probably the least country artist that I know, but yeah. he's got every song on the radio is a hit for him. Right. You know? And there, and you'll see some like artists that'll have a number one hit. And then their music is just bad, in my opinion. Like, I feel like most of the songs you hear on the radio, it's more of like a political, hey, play this. We'll do this for you if you play our song this many times. And yeah. I think it just kind of gets to the best music isn't, you know, your big hits on the radio. Right. I agree. I mean, you think about artists like Jamie Johnson. You hardly hear anything of his on the radio, but he's probably one of the greatest songwriters in our generation, for sure. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good example. I mean, he's had a couple hits here and there, but like you said, like he never really had like a big smash hit. I don't even think In Color was like a number one song yeah. or anything, and that's like one of the greatest songs of all time, in my opinion. Right. I mean, it's, it's so weird that they take artists that could really be popular and just smother them and don't allow them to to thrive on the radio like they really could. I know, man, you were talking a little bit about, like, Riley Green. Mm-hmm. I feel like he still has a lot of good music, but the songs of his that I really like are not the songs that they release as singles or, you know, they'll they'll put out something just to get a radio single or a radio mm-hmm. hit, and then, you know, that's not really what the rest of their music sounds like. Right. <clears throat> I remember... Sheldon coming to me with Bury Me and Dixie by this guy. And I listen to it and it's really good. Yeah. You know? And then from the and you it's funny because you can listen to some artists before they make it big and you know, I mean, this guy right here is gonna be a superstar. Yeah. You know. Especially when you look like Riley Green. <laughs> it, <mean>. does, <laughs> it does help. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think another artist is Chase Rice. You know, I think about Chase Rice a lot. You know, he you know, he signed with Al Dean's music company. And Broken Bow Records, and I mean, there he's got a lot of good songs, and he had a lot of good songs before that, but you don't hardly hear from him anymore. Yeah, know? yeah, he's that's a good example of somebody that uh, I think once he signed a record deal and started making like that, that was right at the the like I guess the peak of like Florida Georgia Line. Mm-hmm. Everybody was trying to sound like Florida Georgia Line, and Chase Rice just—I feel like everything he released during that time period just was the exact same song, with just like slight differences each time. I guess the good thing about signing with a record label is you do have money backing you, and you do have <clears throat> support. But the bad thing is that money wants to tell you what you can and can't do. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I like Muscadine Bloodline. They're completely independent. 
Um, they're they've released two albums now, like a bunch of singles, and just you can tell that they just kind of can release whatever they want to release, and yeah. they don't have to like release something that'll be a radio hit. Um, Cole Wetzel, the Cole Wetzel is a different type of guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, you could you could say that. Um, he's a singer songwriter. Signed with Columbia Records in 2020. Before that, he did it on his own, just recording, putting out music. He followed his. I read that he followed his mother around on the Opry circuit because she was a big time country artist. But uh, songs like February 28, 2016, uh, something to talk about, love, fuss and fight, all those songs had millions of streams before he ever signed a record deal. You know, it goes back to us talking about you know artists before they signed and I guess pre and post record deal. You know. How many times have you seen him in concert? Um, this will actually only be my second time. Okay. I saw him, so I was supposed to see him, funny enough, he was going to open for Muscadine, like one of the first times I was going to see them in Mobile, and um, we didn't actually didn't get to go, I had to sell my tickets, and we went and saw him in Dothan, I believe it was, right before I started at Vectorplot, like the week before. And this was before, I guess, we realized COVID was, like, a huge deal. Right. So, like, we saw Coetzel in, like, a huge crowd of, you know, hundreds of people, like, in a, like, crowded amphitheater type thing. And then the next week, the whole country shut down because we weren't supposed to be within six feet of each other. Right. So, uh, we kind (laughs) of saw him, like. In the nick of time before he couldn't go to concerts for two years. Here we are. Everything's back open. Uh, like COVID never existed. Except for, do I? I'm not getting over it, though. I don't have COVID. COVID's back. Um, Donald Trump said if you're double-vaxxed, you can't get COVID. So, two shots. Um, Tabitha Barrett is convinced that I have COVID, but... I don't have COVID. Uh, I'm a COVID fellow COVID survivor, so yeah. I feel your pain. We're all we're all COVID survivors. <laughs> you dr- you drive a long way to work every day. I do. Um, I'm assuming you stream music the whole time, or do you listen to the radio? Or I know uh, when a Under the Perk podcast comes out, you spend the time listening to it on repeat. Um, <laughs> I get those streams up. <laughs> What streaming service is your favorite streaming service to use? Uh, I would probably Spotify. I I had Apple Music for a while. Um, the thing I hated about Apple Music was the playlist thing there. I couldn't look up like if you had a playlist, mm-hmm. it was hard to get to listen to other people's playlists. You could only listen to like the Apple ones. Gotcha. And so um, I swapped to Spotify. And plus, you know, Spotify does that cool thing at the end of the year where they show, like, your most streamed artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just felt left out. So I swapped to Spotify. I hate it. <laughs> I do listen to Apple Music a lot. But really, uh, I do, I've do. i gotten to where I like Spotify a lot more. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, man. Um, I've been to a lot of concerts. That's a hard question. Um, believe it or not, I think the best person I've seen live, because he is not one of my favorite artists anymore, but the best person to see live to me is Jason Aldean. Really? Like, his music is not deep. 
Like his lyrics aren't like you don't listen to one of his songs and be like, man, that's a good song. Yeah. But live, it's just fun. Yeah. Like all of his songs are upbeat. And like mm-hmm. they're more like rock infused country music. So probably Jason Aldean. Um, we actually saw. I got to see uh, Jason Aldean, Hootie and the Blowfish. They reunited, and uh, Luke Combs was the opener, and they played at Truist Park. Mm-hmm. And they set up like the, I guess the the stage in center field, and we had floor seats, so we got to actually go out onto the field and like sit in the outfield mm-hmm. and see those three, and that was one of the best concerts I've been to. That sounds like a killer concert. Yeah, that was fun. The best concert I've ever been to was at the River Center in Columbus, Georgia. Travis Tripp by himself. Yeah. Just him and a guitar. I mean, to be that talented and to sing that well, I mean, it's impressive. You know, it really is. And you don't find people like that anymore. Yeah, I I saw Travis Tritt at a festival. They used to do um, like a three-day music festival in um, Enterprise once a year called Bama Jam. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I used to go to that every year. He was there. I think that year I saw Travis Tritt, Charlie Daniels, Hank Williams Jr. was there, Brooks and Dunn, Jason Aldean, Kenny Chesney, Kid Rock. Man, it was like three days of like everybody I'd ever wanted to see. See, And Travis Tritt was one of the best that I saw that whole weekend. What's your favorite Rally Green song? Oh, man, that's another hard question. Um... Probably my favorite is uh, Get That Man a Beer. Yeah. But, like we were talking about earlier, I liked it better when it was just a video of him, like, sitting on the back Back of a truck. Yeah, Yeah. just playing it. And then, I guess, I'm kind of like that with all of his songs. Like, I think he sounds better just playing the song on a guitar. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to the studio, and they, like, add all stuff to it. Yeah. I get really excited when I hear Riley Green say he's going to release new music. But then you listen to it, and it's been overproduced, and it's been yep. added all these things that didn't really need to be in there, yeah. and it's just not good. His YouTube video of, I think it's I Wish Grandpa's Never Die mm-hmm. at the Phoenix City Amphitheater, yeah. is really good. Yeah. Good. That's he's one like we were talking about earlier. Like he's somebody that I would rather see live than listen to their yeah. album. Because mm-hmm. to me, he sounds better just like in yeah. person than. Yeah, I tell you another one, another guy who I like seeing live, who has this crazy energy, uh, Chris Jansen. Yeah, you seen him live? Yeah, I mean, we saw him at the Opry, and it was unreal. And I don't think he, I don't think he really became that popular yet. But he uh, he did a show at the Opry. It was unbelievable. And he's another guy that's a was a songwriter. Yeah. Before yeah. he became an artist, you know. Yeah. I think you can tell the people who like actually write music and have actually done that. Like I'm trying to think of like Jason Isbell, for instance. Like he writes the best song you've ever heard. Like. Mm-hmm. It's just a story. Like, you can, like, listen to the song. You don't have to, like, necessarily enjoy the experience. Like, Mm -hmm. 
don't know if you've heard his song um, Elephant. It's just like it's about his friend having cancer, and it's the saddest thing you'll ever hear in your life. But like you just can't stop listening to it. Yeah. And to me, like that's better than you know a song that has a good beat or yeah. that you can sing along to or they can play on the radio a thousand times. Yeah, it's it's songs that tell a story that always seems to be the best one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I like Brent Cobb, man. Like his his music is never going to get played on the radio. Right. Like he doesn't like. I don't think he'll ever have a radio hit, but yeah, it's just good music. We were listening. Me and Sheldon were driving down the road the other day, and he played uh, "Don't I Don't Think Jesus Would Done It That Way" mm-hmm. by Morgan Wallen. Yeah. And if you listen to that song, I mean, that is a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. It's such a good song. Yeah. And it's those songs that tell stories that usually are the best. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather listen to that than uh, Fancy Like, or, you know, something like that. It's yeah. just dumb All that, and catchy. Like, yeah. That gets old, you know? Yeah. Oh, Tabitha Barrett would be, would uh, argue with you over that song. <laughs> I mean, it's a catchy song. I, I mean, if it comes on the radio or if, you know, I'm out somewhere and I've yeah. had a beer or two and it comes on, like, yeah, yeah it sounds cool. Like, I'm going Yeah. But I, it's not one I'm going to search out on yeah, Spotify. Right. I'm not going to tell my friends, like, man, y'all got to listen to this song about <laughs> yeah. Applebee's. Yeah. yeah. And you got to, I mean, there's songs for different, like, if I'm just riding by myself in the car, like, I want to listen to something, like, deep with, like, Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah. If I'm in a, at a party or something like, I don't want to be listening to like, you know, I wish Grandpa's never died because right. that's gonna kill my whole that's vibe, right. man. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to kill the party. Um, yeah, Fancy Like is a uh, good party song. So is uh, is what's that Miley Cyrus song? Party in the USA. Yeah. yeah. So are there any local artists that you, you know, John Boy Story, has become real popular. Um. He went to school with Sheldon, um, and now he's played at Chattahoochee Brewing Company. Uh, he plays at Moe's in Auburn, mm-hmm. and uh, now he's gotten so popular that he plays down in Florabama a lot, and he's uh, uh, gained a lot of popularity, you know, especially for a kid from Phoenix City that was told uh, he's never going to make it, you know, but he's doing what he loves to do, and that's, that's important. And he's good at it. So, uh, do you know any local artists that are maybe gaining popularity in our area? Yeah. So the, like you said, uh, John Boy Story. Like he's, um, I know he's playing like at the Florabama bunch now. Um, but he has a lot of good music out. You can find on Spotify. Blaine Rudd is from Opelika, or that area. He plays around here a lot. He'll play at Moe's or Lake Martin, like anywhere around there. He has a lot of good music. Uh, I guess the the biggest person I can think of that's from this area is Adam Hood. He's been around a while, but he has a lot of good music out there. He's not very widely known, but I think he's very well respected. He does a lot with uh, Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb and Adam Hood actually have a song with Muscadine Bloodline on their first album mm-hmm. called uh, Good Chunk of Change. So that, okay. I guess that kind of ties it in together. But a lot of people don't realize that there are people local that they can go see that 
are good. I know before I started going out and actually listening to people, there would just be a lot of people playing around that I would go out and they would just be background noise. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's somebody local playing, you know, go listen to them. You never know. Like, you'll find somebody that could be big one day. You have all these artists that play at all these local bars. And that's the, that's the thing that, you know, me and my brother were talking about a few weeks ago, is you have you have all these things happening in your area, and you don't go support it, and then you complain about nothing happening in your area. Yeah. You know? So, if you see somebody out playing, you know, you know go drink a beer, hang out for a minute, and listen to some music, and uh, if you don't like it, you can leave. If you do, you know, you stay for a little while and hang out. I mean, it's... There's a lot of artists that started in bars locally that have become really popular. You know, John Boy Story is a perfect example. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember him playing the national anthem on the guitar at the Central game. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's at uh, Dagum Floribama playing, which yeah. is a big deal. You know? We, uh, I remember it. It wasn't that long ago, probably three or four. Probably closer to three years ago, we went and saw Muscadine at Bourbon Street in Auburn. Mm-hmm. And the next show they had coming up, it was like posted on the door for I think eight dollars a ticket was Morgan Wallen. Yeah, and that was three years ago. Yeah, and you know probably didn't even sell the place out. So there's good music playing. You know, if you want to hear music, you can find good music uh, around here. Just you yeah. see somebody playing, just go listen to them. You never know. Yeah, I remember, and I probably shouldn't have let him go, but it's a bad parenting on me. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm probably the best parent in the world <laughs> ever. Uh, Sheldon went to Auburn Rodeo. Raleigh Green was playing. It was like really right before he got really popular. And he went and he listened to Raleigh Green. You know, he can say, hey, I was listening to this guy when he was before he even made it big, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. like, that's, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, that guy. But, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to say, hey, I saw Luke Combs at Iron City, which is yeah, a little yeah. bar in Birmingham. Yeah. Where I actually saw Chris Stapleton there, like, right before he blew up. And, yeah. you know, the next time I saw him, I was in the nosebleeds at Columbus Civic Center, and I couldn't even hear or see. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. So, I'll tell you my Chris Stapleton experience. Sheldon wanted to go. We bought tickets. We go to the show, and we're sitting side stage. Like, the only thing we can see is a movie screen that they've let down where they're, you know, showing, you know, Chris and the whoever's playing. I think Marin Morris was there with him. Yeah. Uh, so we went and watched, sitting side stage. Show gets over with, and we just get up to leave. And the ushers come down and said, Chris doesn't want anybody to go anywhere. So we stay where we're at, and uh, everybody else said the uh, Civic Center empties out. Nobody else is in there, and they take us backstage, and we're like, what's going on? Where are we going? So they said, Chris wants everybody who was sitting on the side of the stage to come backstage and meet him. So we uh, <clears throat> sit there. We go backstage, and they walk us in this little room, and they take like two or three or four people at a time. And uh, me and Sheldon walked back there, and he said, hey, I'm Chris Stapleton. And I said, 
I know I paid money to come see you, you know? And he was just so, he was such a humble guy, you yeah. know? He was like, I didn't know they were going to sell those tickets on the side stage. I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to come back here and meet me. We went back there and met Chris Stapleton. It was a really cool experience. He's a super nice guy. I mean, super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I met, I actually paid for the VIP to go see Riley Green. Mm. at uh, It was in Huntsville, but he was the same way. He was like, hey, I'm Riley Green. I was like, yeah, I bought the VIP package, man. I know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I know who you are. Is that the one where Emily kind of pushed you to the side? Yeah, so we were in line um, to get our picture at the meet and greet. And we started to go, and all the other couples were just kind of, you know, going up there and taking a picture on either side of them. And we started to go, and uh, she's just like, are we going at the same time? I was like, well, yeah, I figure. She's like, well, can we go and, like, each get a separate picture? Uh, I got a picture by myself with Riley Green. <laughs> well, hey, whatever. Good. Yeah. Uh, I think more importantly, Emily has a picture of herself yeah. with Riley Green. Yeah. Uh, if you're in town this weekend, find some local music to go listen to for sure. I'm sure there's some going on everywhere. I know Pine Mountain at Casey's Pub usually has music. Um, Wildman Cafe usually has music. Uh, Chattahoochee Brewing Company, uh, Chattabruchi, uh Southern Brew House uh, usually has music. So find somewhere to listen to some live music this weekend. Uh, support local artists. And, of course, Friday night, June 3rd, Muscadine Bloodline will be at the Phoenix City Amphitheater. Tickets are still on sale. I believe they're $20. You can find them at uh, muscadinebloodline.com. Go on there, click the ticket link, and uh, purchase tickets. I will be out of town this weekend, but if I make it back in time, I will be at the concert at the amphitheater Friday night. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, thank Chase for uh, stopping by and doing this. Uh, Tabitha for always uh, being supportive. Remember, friends are hard to find. They're even harder to keep. And we'll see you next time under the purge.